Good evening, everybody. It is early on a Sunday morning, but I have to say good evening, everybody, because that's my catchphrase. And it's time for 10 dozen minutes of unfettered nostalgia with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. Hi, Mr. Skullhead, and Jake and I are coming to you face-to-face in an undisclosed location. I'm feeling pretty easy, Mr. Skullhead. Hmm. Easy like Sunday morning. I don't uh, I don't think there is a time when you ever haven't been easy. You don't think? Honestly. I'm feeling uh, cheesy. Like I like my women like I like morning. my eggs over. <laughs> Medium hard. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Mr. Skelet, how you... <clears throat> well, as you can tell, uh, we we did some drinking last night. Yeah, I guess uh, 10 dozen minutes could also have been of post-con rasping. Gravelly rasping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rasping. Gravelly rasping. I didn't overdo it last night, though. <clears throat> I feel pretty good. Yeah, like, I attempted to overdo it. Okay. I went to... Were you carrying around two bottles of the Jimmer, like you normally do? <laughs> No, like I, I had fully attended to party until three or four in the morning and uh, wanted to hit as many of the con houses as I could. So I went to one until like 11, left there and went to the next one. And everybody was kind of, uh, there were like five guys playing Magic the Gathering. Okay. And eating hamburgers. Cause, you know, huh, where'd five they get guys. That? Hamburg- oh, oh, I see. There were actually hamburgers, I was about to make too, a Five but- Guys hamburgers joke, but then <clears throat> when you said they were eating hamburgers, I just imagined our players just sitting around playing magic with one hand, eating hamburgers with the other, and that didn't seem like a joke. Yeah. No, they absolutely were, but it, it works out well that way. Okay. So I was like, you know, this is cool, but I'm looking for, you know, a more more authentic KOLCon experience. So mm-hmm. went to the next house. There were three guys playing Magic the Gathering or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, uh, I'll go back to the house that I was at last night. So I went there and it was all closed up. And uh, at that point it was 1230, 1245. So it's like, ah, so now the parties end when they used to start. Yeah. Everybody had cleared out of the venue more or less. I would say half of the people were gone by like eight. And uh-huh. then more or less everyone was gone by by 1030. There, I mean, there were five guys playing Magic the Gathering. They weren't. They were playing something else, some sort of. Yeah, it, it, game. In some game involving cards and stones and counters and dice. and Yeah, yeah. it's what they do. I, do you think our crowd is getting old? I think so. I think you got to – I was encouraging people to to rage against that. Just go like, you know, you got the rest of the year to get enough sleep. And, you know, like, what, you got to work in the morning? No, you don't because you're at KOLCon. It's going to be fine. Mm, what are you going to do? Yeah, nobody shared my enthusiasm. When I got home, uh, when I got to your place, Kevin and uh, Dave were just rolling up and like, wait, you went to that house and there was hardly anybody there? We sent all the kegs there. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like they will have a keg apiece. Yeah. And first thing in the morning when they wake up, they will wake up to a keg apiece. Mm. Uh, how, was your, how was your evening? I was fine. Mm. I just, you know, I, I had a leisurely KOL con. Like I do, mm-hmm. kind of wandered around, played some games, played some board games, showed people that new video game. Uh, that seemed to be fun. Went and packed up everything and put everything in the car. And now it's still in the car. So I have to spend today. I'm going to let it get good and hot before I move all the boxes from the car into the shed. Especially if they're full of soda. Uh, those, I I believe that we did not end up with any soda here. We learned our lesson. Uh, some of the soda that we had last year got left in my house for a year. And a lot of the cans exploded. I don't know. Like they're full of some sort of like caustic liquid. Right. That eventually eats through everything. Uh, and so a lot of the a lot of the flats of soda were actually just the bottom of them was completely made of mold and gross, sticky I don't know, zero to 12 month old Coca-Cola. So then it can start eating through the cans on the outside. Yeah. Eat through the floor, dig me a basement, mm-hmm. uh, sort of an, an oddly shaped and Coke scented basement. <laughs> My basement is a six inches by 18 inches or whatever flat is. I just imagine the scene from alien where the acid is eating through the decks, mm-hmm. except it wasn't on your deck. It was inside your house. That's true. There you could eat through the wall, and that part of the house would become a deck. Yeah. I mean, screw soda, really. It's one of the few things I can think of where you get it too hot, the container too hot, it explodes. You get it too cold, it explodes. At least when my 12-pack of soda exploded in Minnesota, it exploded into, like, slushy all over the back of my car, which was a little easier to, like, squeegee out. Yeah. But, yeah, we don't need any of that. 
Did you do you play anything new? I played a game called Splendor, uh, which is like a pretty simple game about sort of taking different colors of tokens and then using them to spend uh, on cards that give you ongoing sources of spending those tokens. And it's like just kind of a anticipate what other people are doing sort of game and try to block them or try to not be going for the same thing that they're going for. Yeah, my mother-in-law bought that for... She's always looking for new games that Ollie can try. Mm. And that one, like, he was able to do it, but it wasn't very interesting to him. But it was super interesting to all the adults, which put us in a weird place. Mm. Like, no, we don't want to play fucking Candyland, kid. It was interesting to see him play it, or it was interesting to for them to play it? It was interesting for us to play the game. It's neat. It's simple. It's, it's straightforward, yeah. but, like, clever. The theming is weird. You're, like... I don't know, medieval gem traders or something. And you're trying to like impress creepy looking paintings of people. Yeah. You have a medieval BBS called gem trade, which you you go on and insult the owner's wife for posting ads for her gem trading business. All of our, uh, all of our listeners who are 37 to 41 years old and went to high school in Prescott, Arizona. will get that joke. (laughs) There was a BBS called gem trade. It was the only multi-line BBS we had. And we liked and it. we liked it, damn it. That was when, uh, that was the first exposure to, like, Legend of the Red Dragon and Baron Realms Elite and that kind of thing. And that's true, although those were all on the, those were on the other, because those ran on World War Four. We played Mutants on Gem Trade. Oh, yeah. That was, the, that was the, the sort of mud thing that nobody had heard of. And I, I guess they might have ported Legend of the Red Dragon to major BBS. I did get booted from that BBS. Because I said that his wife should stop posting about her stupid jewelry trading business, which was the reason that he had set up the BBS. I don't know what that guy thought was in it for him. He must have been dismayed when it was overrun by like 13 to 15 year old dorks. Yeah. Who very rarely buy jewelry. At one point I was having a, I was having a chat with somebody on there just in the in a the sort of private chat room. And the owner of the BBS just commented on something that one of us had said like oh i guess this is just being read constantly mm. fuck that i'm never speaking to anyone online again it's like i can't do my drug deals in here and to this day i never have you got some really good bots though yeah yeah i played um i hadn't played exploding kittens before and that was i think it it's a party party-ish game but it's got enough things to think about for to just not be like a completely mindless experience so you have to pay attention a little bit all right so i, I don't, thought that was all right i don't mind the game i i find the content of it really really off-putting and i don't mm-hmm. it sucks because i feel like it's one of those things where if there's an extremely successful kickstarter where people make a bunch of money right to then say i think this thing is stupid <laughs> is like saying that I don't know. There's something wrong with the world that they made that much money for making a thing that was like pandering and stupid, which is not how I feel. Yeah, uh, you know, it's I will defend populist entertainment with my dying breath, and I'll probably make some of it. I don't know, but like, it's just it just seems so fucking internet to me. Yeah, you know, the, and, and it just drives deal, me. You yeah. know, the, to seize upon everything that the internet is into and kind of coalesce it into a, a single thing like a thing that you can share on facebook easily as an yeah o- as an oatmeal comic or a kickstarter that you can pledge millions of dollars to and i there are people who are who will get down on that guy for basically figuring out the kind of comic that's most likely to get shared and then making it Instead of just coming up with whatever he wants to and putting it out there. But right. I mean, that's being good at his job. To yeah, a like if your goal extent, is right. to make money and, you know, I think the things that he does are funny. They're just kind of funny in a similar way. Yeah. And this is definitely the un, kind of unfettered version of his sensibility where it's just like any weird thing that comes into my head, I'm going to draw it. We had the not safe for work deck that we were playing with as well, and it included a card that had an infinity boner, which is just a naked guy with his junk twisted into a figure eight hmm. sideways, improbably and anatomically. I feel. Anyway, I played two rooms in a boom for the first time. Oh, how'd you like it? That was 
kind of fascinating. I was glad we had some strong captains who were very experienced at stuff. I think in a, in a huge game like that, so we had 29, which is edging up to the limit of yeah. what you can do. Just having people go, okay, you go over here and do this. Come report back. So it, it felt like war games a little bit, and that was fun. And then I got... um. I almost played a game called, what was it, Matario? Or Matario? Oh, yeah, that unpronounceable card game that people were playing that yeah. was made by the guy that made Innovation. It was like, it. they said it's like Glory to Rome 2, and I remember trying to play mm-hmm. Glory to Rome once and being really confused by it. Yeah, like Every a- card is a hundred different things, depending on which direction it's facing and which part of it is exposed from behind a little board. Yeah, they're like, so the the point of this game is you're going to make materials, and then you're going to have helpers, and then you're going to do tasks, and then you're going to put things in your shop and in your gallery. So those are the, the five simple things that you're going to be doing. Now, here are the four turn phases. And like as he's describing this, my heart was sinking lower and lower, because like, I don't have the brain power to do this right now and would rather be doing something more social, but I've committed to this game. So we went around the first round to try and figure out what was going on. Like, okay, tuck this here and do that there and put this thing over here. And, uh, you know, you can't. It, it was vaguely Calvin Ballish, but just because the rule set was so complex, I wasn't getting it. Right. And then trivia started. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I promised these guys that I would trivia with them. And I led them. I led them to victory. Good. Yeah. What'd you win? I, Some free uh, KOL shit. <laughs> yep. I gave, I gave all of my winnings to... <coughs> Uh, Leah Sang was another one on our team, so I gave all of the stuff to her to distribute to who she deemed worthy. Except I kept some of my Mr. Store, or, you know, KOL Store merchandise credit and uh, picked up the last Sabretooth Lime and uh, another Baby Gravy Fairy. Mm. Is my son, when he was three, I think, dropped the Gravy Fairy and broke the wings. Oh, the toy. Yeah, the toy. Okay. So he'll come in, he'll still, like, he comes into the office and goes... That's the baby gravy fairy, right? Like, yeah. Did she used to have wings? Oh, yeah, she did. Did I break the wings? Like, yeah, you did. Oh. No, it's okay, man. You know, you were a little kid, but every time he comes in there, that wound is reopened anew. Hmm. And uh, my wife broke the stand off my fucking lime, so. Uh, was it one of the lime. one of the original all-plastic stands? Yep. How it happened, though, we were standing there looking at it. Uh, at one point, and I said, you know, it's kind of amazing. Those stands are really flimsy, but mine has never broken. While I was speaking, she had picked it up and was kind of turning it around, looking at it, and snapped it off, as I said, broken. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess it's broken now. We got versions of those with, like, a metal pin in place of the thing that, the mm-hmm. plastic part that I was broke. But then I, at a certain point, like, I just didn't know where those replacement stands were, so I don't think we were actually distributing them. Yeah. Um we never did when we sold them in physical locations. Did we ever uh, alter the description that I wrote for that, which includes perched on its sturdy plastic stand? Uh, no, I probably would have left that in there just for irony value. Just to add some scare quotes, maybe? I don't know that, you know, it's it's weird. I don't, it, like, those might only ever be sold at live events again, mm-hmm. right? Because with the merch store closing down, I'm going to get more and more resentful about storing that stuff right. over time. Well, at least you're out of limes. That's true. Um, there's a fish lyric about that, but no one will. There is no wow. one will get that. Well, about somebody stealing all your limes, and uh, that would presumably mean that you were out of limes. Um, we ran out of lemons, <laughs> so we were unable to make lemonade until I replenished the lemons at the bar. Um, got a lot of booze left over. Con mm-hmm. was like slightly less well attended. It seemed like then at least the events were, and I couldn't speak to, I don't know. It seemed like there were the same kind of number of people at parties on Friday night, but they were all different people. <clears throat> mm. I don't know. That was weird. I ended up at a party that was, I think, 20 guys and two women. Okay, so that sounds like a KOL con party. Yeah, well, uh, this is not usually the way that this goes, but I think we didn't have MC Front a lot to, you know, really pull in the ladies. Pull in the so. ladies, okay. <clears throat> yeah, you think that was what you think that was what drew them before? Yep. 
You think it wasn't? <clears throat> the possibility of rubbing MC Frontalot's head or various other parts of his anatomy. Gross, man. That's Dang. gross. That's biology. Okay. You see a rapper and you just want to rub him? Yep. Okay. A carefree rapper. I like my men like I like my rappers. Carefree? <laughs> Is that like, are you, is that a joke about a rapper from a piece of carefree gum? Is that, <laughs> yeah. okay. There was a, <clears throat> I'll explain the reference to you and to the, to the listeners. When we were in high school walking around, you like bent down to pick something up, like, oh, what's that? And you picked it up and you're like, oh, it's a carefree rapper. And I went, yo, I got no problems and my life is great. And then you didn't let me do it anymore. <laughs> it was funny, I bet. That was us. That was how it started is going, Trying to entertain ourselves in tiny Prescott, Arizona. Yeah, going to grocery stores at night because that was the only thing that was open that we could get into because we weren't 21 yet. That is not a... I would think that would be a common thread in at least our portion of nerd culture or something like... But I've never heard anybody else talk about going to Albertsons and just... Just wandering the aisles yeah. and making fun of the names of the products. Or trying to juggle toilet paper or whatever. <laughs> Like I think if if we were that age now, we would in Prescott we would be doing that, but we would be filming it. Okay, yeah, we're making dumb little YouTube videos, and then we'd be millionaires because that's how it works. If we'd had any friends, we would have been at Denny's with them. Yeah. Later, we got friends, and we would be at Denny's with them at night instead of at the grocery store because Denny's was also open, and they had coffee and moons over Miami. A uh, Skippy Zippy writes: Do you guys like hammocks? I, boy, do I not. Hmm. What, what is it about hammocks that that, does, that you don't like? I like sleeping on my stomach. Mm. I like relaxing on my stomach. Like, basically, if I'm not in a chair, I'm on my stomach. You just want to, like, flop down in a, on a chaise lounge or a... A chaise lounge, yeah. A chaise lounge is perfect. I just don't like... I don't like being folded in on myself. Hmm. I mean, my core is ripped as shit, but still, I don't, I don't like being bent in half like that. Yeah. Maybe you're... You are supposed to hang either end of the hammock from a different tree. Okay. <laughs> so just like, that could have been it. I, I was like a weird... This is just like a bag. <laughs> I, uh, I keep thinking that I like hammocks and I like the theory of them very much. And when I'm... Is it, we have a hammock stand and we'll get the, the ones with the fancy spreader bar. To, so it's essentially just like a a flat surface gently swaying back and forth, which is fine. But <clears throat> I never have the time to be lying in a hammock that I wouldn't be rather like playing video games or hanging out with other people or whatever. And I can never get the hammock in the shade. And I don't want to, I don't want to just crisp myself in the sun. Trying what if to you, hammock? what if you made the hammock out of some opaque material and laid on the bottom of it? I just need a two-story hammock. Oh, yeah, okay. Hmm. To yeah. go next to my two-story outhouse. Gross, man. Mm -hmm. Is that a common... Is that an established joke about a two-story outhouse? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Because I feel like if you did build a two-story outhouse, you wouldn't make it the way that the joke implies that <laughs> yeah, it would be, right? There would be some kind of chute or piping system. <laughs> right. Okay. Or you would just put the holes in opposite ends. <laughs> yeah, it would be... I mean, it'd be kind of fun, like, to be pooping and to be able to just watch turds fall <laughs> past you into a different hole. Really, you just need a portal at the bottom and then at, uh, oh, the yeah. ceiling. <clears throat> so you could watch your... You don't want to watch somebody else's poop. That'd guess, be gross. Yeah, I guess that would be pretty gross. <clears throat> you know, you could check for... You know, you always look at it, right? There's that instinct that makes you look at it to make sure there's no... I don't know, worms or shards of broken glass. Although, at that point, I don't know what you're going to do about it. Yeah, I was like, I'm glad those aren't inside me anymore, and hopefully yeah. they didn't do any damage. Good, yay. Those worms were having a bar fight. <laughs> One of them got thrown through the front window of the saloon. This is a well-known biological fact. There's a saloon in your duodenum. RNG, he hate me, right? Scully, we miss you. Can you bring us up to speed on what you're doing now? Are you still writing plays slash sketches? Any other writing projects? Yeah, you know, I... Occasionally, the guys who run Big Fun Radio Fun Time, which is a local Minneapolis troupe called Fearless Comedy Productions, and they the do FRFT, yeah. classic. They do a, I think a quarterly show, and occasionally will ask me to write something for them. 
I would love to share them with you, but the guy who records them is very bad at putting them online. I think the most recent one is still from a year and a half ago. But uh, I just recently wrote one for them that was a Sleeping Beauty hipster kind of deal. That I'd, It seemed funny. I don't know if it was performed funny because I wasn't there and there's no recording of it. Maybe I will uh, try to crowdsource a project with the Lothers, not not to like raise funds, but to uh, compile talent, and we'll uh, we'll collaborate remotely on making some of those scripts. But yeah, like anytime anybody asks me to do something, I just say yes and figure out how to make it work. So I'm going to be on a panel show uh, in November called Fully Believable, where I will be doing improv, which is not my strong suit, but it's strong enough. Mm-hmm. And then every third Wednesday of the month at Club Underground in Minneapolis. So, you know, if you're around or you want to make the trip <laughs> to see two hours of weird-ass comedy, which, why wouldn't you? Uh, the Pundemonium Pun Slam takes place, and that is the most fun that you can have with your clothes on. That's also sort of improv right? The first <clears throat> round, you're given a topic and 30, 30 minutes to come up with two minutes of material. Oh, wow. So that always ends up being really fairly scripted. Okay. The second round, you're given a topic and 30 seconds to come up with material. Is, so is this collaborative is, is it, or is it like head to head? It's everybody does solo first. So there's like 10 competitors, first round with prep, second round with minimal prep, which is where there tends to be some dead air, but the audience is encouraged to heckle if they can do so in pun form. Which can be irritating, but sometimes spark ideas. Okay. So if you can come back from a heckle with another pun, then you're impressing the the judges, which are chosen out of the audience. So you have to kind of make peace with the fact that it's not really a right. competition. Because it's, sure, because I, like a random selection of people are not good judges of the quality of puns. Yeah, and probably have a contestant from their table. Oh. So if even if that guy sucks, he's getting at least one ten. So they take the highest scores from the first two rounds, get the four top scorers. They go head to head in two in uh, two one on one matches, which is no prep. You get the prompt and you just kind of you know, like pun battle back and forth. And then the final round is that again. So it it's just so goddamn much fun. And the uh, the atmosphere is really supportive because you just. Even people who aren't doing very well, you're like, well, good on you. You're trying. And we're, we're taking this journey with you and heckling you because, you know, that's also funny. Are those recorded anywhere? No, they, they only happen and are gone. No. I, I that's have, not how uh, things are supposed <clears throat> to work. We have You have to be now. there to experience it. Yeah. Maybe we'll get somebody to like mere, meerkat. Is what, uh, what they do? Periscope. <laughs> Is meerkat a thing like Periscope? Yeah, Meerkat was the first one. Oh, well, gosh. Yeah. They were the marketing must have been stronger. Yeah, they were. Uh, Meerkat was the one who was kind of unofficially using Twitter's API. Then Twitter was like, how about if we do it and then we use our API and then we block you from using it? Oh, that sounds Twitter. Yeah. And then, you know, for money, marketing is what I'm doing. And it's it is after a couple of months of doing it well, it is paying pretty decently and keeping everything in line and it's fun what do you in an unexpected way what's a day like uh the sun comes up and you know uh day that's, how, the, that's <clears throat> how you win those contests yes yeah. <laughs> it's not being able to talk on your feet at all but i'm not on my feet and i have i haven't had much sleep in the past two days not for not that i was you know partying naked with a bunch of ladies Sure, snaked with a bunch of dudes. Yep, pretty much. Um, I would roll up to work and get, um, so like here are the four blog posts for this client that we want to get out this week, and here are the four blog posts for this client that we want to get out this week. And we we'll go look at an outline and a sometimes an outline point by point. Sometimes just he wants us to talk about this thing. So I'll go do a little research, <laughs> find an angle that is not going to bore me to write about or bore anyone to read about, and then write the post up. So it's generally writing about marketing as opposed to writing actual marketing materials 
for well, things. Well, it is kind of weird because we're one of our big clients is a marketing firm. So they're hiring us to market their marketing software. Okay. And could could you in turn just hire somebody else to market your could. marketing marketing marketing? As long as everybody <clears throat> charges slightly less as you go down the chain, I think that could go all the way to Fiverr or something by the end of it. But uh yeah, so all of that stuff is just writing things that marketers want to know about, which was good because that made me learn about marketing, which I despite what my resume implied, I didn't really know to begin with. What's the uh what's the most surprising thing you've learned about marketing that would be of interest to the general public? It there is a big push for it not to suck anymore. Like everyone's coming off of the period of time where it was the best way to get to the top of search engine rankings was to stuff with keywords and just write specifically for the search engine. And the, the way that algorithms are going, it's harder and harder to do that. So the, like five years ago, the industry had this big crisis where shit, we have to actually give people something useful or they're not going to want to read our shit. And I kind of stepped in, in the middle of that where, the whole idea of content marketing is write something that is valuable to people that will inspire them or give them a new skill set that they will organically yeah. share that they will share or making it relevant in search results because it's relevant as opposed yeah. to because it's gaming search results. So that, I mean, like, that seems like that seems like worthy. Yeah. I got it. It would have been depressing almost. as hell to do five years ago because it would have just been, write a blog post about cake and in the, in the meta tags, write cake, cake baking, cake decorating, cake icing, Hmm. pressure chief, um, Mr. Mastodon farm, short skirt, long jacket. Those are cake songs. Okay. And, and albums. Cause I can't think of (laughs) all the album titles. Uh, Guitar. Um, (laughs) guitar and guitar man. Oh, did he do a cover of guitar man? Mm. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah, it's mostly, mostly, mostly writing for this marketing firm and for a sales blog, which is inspirational kind of, I've learned that marketers are the geeks and like drama kids and sales is kind of for jocks Mm -hmm. almost. So the marketing posts have to be pretty smart and funny and savvy. The sales ones are aimed at people who don't see any irony in successories posters. Okay. So what's a successories poster? The things is like a picture of a mountain and like, if you never unzip your pants, you can't get your balls out. Okay. Socrates. That seems pretty good. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) I sort of want that. But Socrates, didn't he wear a toga? I feel like he probably didn't have any trouble getting his balls out whenever he wanted. (laughs) Well, the zipper on the toga was the... (laughs) I guess that could have been Abraham Lincoln, but it's it's either everything is either Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, or Socrates. Okay, you know, as as Abraham Lincoln said, everything is either me, Martin Luther King Jr., <laughs> or Socrates. <laughs> so it turns out like it's pretty fun to do, and I'm I seem to be naturally good at it enough that I didn't get discouraged and have gotten substantially better and. The audience that I'm writing to, uh, so after a couple of months, I had the opportunity to write for our blog. So writing under my name instead of kind of the corporate entity. Mm-hmm. And those have been really popular, like more popular than the people who have been in the industry forever. Their posts. So. Well, you're funny, know. right? Yeah, I mean, like a background writing I'm funny stuff, which I think is going to bring in like just a new skill set to the table, right? If I may, yeah, Use some new, cover letter a bullshit new skill saw words. to the table, yeah, a new table skill, a skill mm. saw, table saw, grapefruit, juicy fruit. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> Remember when we were funny? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, now that was the other thing that I learned digging into like what people are talking about marketing is that there was this crisis about how do we inject personality into what we're writing and how do we, can we add humor? Dare we add humor? 
to what we're doing. And because these are people who are marketers first and are now trying to learn how to write in a way that's not just, you know, ad copy. So I was like, hey, I know how to write. I don't know shit about anything else, but, you know, tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. So it's fun. Do you find, is it like, uh, is it like an office job where you're able to just fuck around most of the time during the day? Or is it actually like shit you got to do every hour They all the time? I was expecting it to be really rigidly scheduled because we do have like time tracking stuff, but found out like they told me the time tracking stuff is to make sure you're not over committed, not to make sure you're doing your job. Huh? And I didn't believe them, of course, but it turns out that that's pretty much the case. And I mean, they, when they hired me, they asked how many posts they, that I thought I could do in a day. It was like, well, you know, three or four. They were like, what? Three or four? If you could do that, you would be just the king of marketing. Because the people that they currently have were doing six or four to six hours on each post. Whereas I'm doing one to two. You know, like writing 500 words is not that hard for somebody who all they can do is write. That sucks, though, that because of that, your reward is that you get to do four times as much work for the same (laughs) money, right? Well, I still like... They understand that part of part of the process sometimes is I don't feel like writing this yet. So right. I need to check Facebook before I can write this. So, sure. you know, and they like what I'm doing enough that they're just like, keep doing it. And we don't give a shit what you're doing. If we walk by your desk and you've got Reddit up as long as it's not a gaping vagina, which is. 80% of Reddit, so. <laughs> right, okay. It's the you same must, image. You must go to a different Reddit than I do. It's a, it's just it's just one image. It's just really big. Yeah, it's like that's the Stop Girl Reddit that is just that one picture over and over again. Um, so they, Is there any reason that you couldn't do it from home? It's just their corporate culture, I guess. Hmm. They like being able to have people drop by each other's desks and kind of get together for ad hoc stuff. And the bigger projects do require a lot of collaboration. So like if we're doing a 20 page ebook for somebody, then we got to plan that out and divide the labor up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I did like some split days, the first 30 days and that, and I ended up agreeing with them is working at home is. It's hard to stay focused, as you might guess. And if I had been at home, the temptation would have been to have the baby there, which would have just been ridiculous. Right. Oh, yeah, you had a baby. Yeah, one of them. It's hard enough to... to uh, I, mean, I get busy enough at work that I'm kind of glad there aren't any distractions. So yeah. They, they will just keep adding stuff to my schedule until I tell them to stop. And, you know, if I'm going to sit at that desk, I might as well have all the things to do. I guess, yeah. So that's how it goes. I mean, it must be neat in some respects, like just having a thing that you go to and you don't. I mean, do you have to take it home with you? No. Okay, that's awesome. Like, that sounds like it would be awesome, at least. Yeah, I mean, that was that would have been good for KOL if I could have swung it to just like have an office space outside of the house and not sit at home going crazy and. It works sometimes and it doesn't work sometimes. I mean, oh, right, you a, do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> <clears throat> ah, pardon me. I found, I always found working from home, like completely working from home too. Well, although when I first got to San Francisco and we were doing that, that was like among the most productive few months of my life mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, maybe like a burst of energy though from the move. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and like the fact that there wasn't anything else there to do and I hadn't figured out anything else to do yet, you know, like I hadn't like learned about places that I could just wander off to in the middle of the day and stuff. But yeah, tell us about your kid. Oh yeah. She, she's Winifred Sandra, Sandra Elaine Knight and was born on April 9th. I'm pretty sure. Uh Uh-oh. Is that, and are those, are those, uh, so you got your three syllables for the first name, which mm. is your thing, uh, shortened to one syllable. No, Ver, your son Ver. Yeah. Uh, the middle names are first names of mothers. Uh, grandmothers. Grandmothers. Okay. Oh, right. Cause your mother's name is Deborah, not Ellen. Yeah. And then Deborah. 
I want to get with you and your mother. I think her name's Deborah. Uh, said Deborah back. and Julie. It would have been like Deborah Julie, I guess, if we did, did the same naming convention we did with Oliver. Okay. So he's dad's, their grandma's. Yeah. Okay. And all of the grandma's names were taken on my side. So it's just Jess's two grandma's middle names. What do you mean they were all taken? Oh, by your, like your siblings' kids? Yeah. And it, well, like my little sister is Evelyn Juliet, which is grand one grandma's middle name and one grandma's first name because she doesn't have a middle name, which I didn't know was possible, but yeah. Oh, you can do it. She's just Juliet Knight. Cher only has a middle name. <laughs> That's only because people like me give kids two middle names and there aren't any left. Okay. You're taking more I'm than you I'm using share. up all the chits. How do you do that? Like, it seems like there's only a certain number of blanks on the birth certificate. He is for like tests and stuff when he's filling in the bubbles on the on that shit, he would probably just put Bradley. Okay. And then, you know, for everything else, you write small. Okay. And you don't care if somebody leaves one out. If it's in a computer where the the length is limited, you just type small. Yeah. Okay. So in our house, in our uh, or he family, could just be we like Bramus. Yeah. We have Jessica. We already had Jessica, Joshua, Oliver, and the dog Remington. And when we were trying to name the baby, I was like, I don't want to say that her name has to be a dactyl. But it would be super great because you don't want to have like Jessica, Joshua, Oliver, Remington, and Sally. Yeah. Which was the name that Jess was pushing for. And Sally? I mean, it could be like Salifer and shortened to (laughs) Sally. Salaman. Feminine form of Lucifer. Saraman? What is Sally? Is Sally short for anything? Salvation? Isabella? It's just short for Salmonella. So yeah, Winifred. That's we, four syllables. We call her Fred. People and it, Fred or Win interchangeably. The one I don't, I don't particularly like Winnie, but that's what my mom has settled on. I felt, I assumed that's what you had done. I mean, you. Don't, I didn't know about the Buffy character. Oh yeah, yeah. Thing, Fred. You don't. I, I mean, you don't name your kid something with an obvious nickname and then get pissed when people use it. So right, it's like Winnie. Winnie is my least favorite of them, but. Whatever. I mean, you would expect your own mother if you're like, oh, that's my least favorite of them. Uh, Both of my sisters, too. Like, you're naming her Winifred and you're going to call her Fred. Why would you give her a girl's name and then have her use a boy's nickname for it? Like, I don't know. Andy, why would I do that? (laughs) My sister, Andy. But uh, so they just said, you know, I'm not calling her that. It's like, huh. I wasn't okay. aware that was an option. Your your daughter, then Isabel. I'm just I'm not calling her that. I'm calling her Salifer. Clear <laughs> salad tongs. Winifred's That's good. what you Sally's guys... short for. Salad tongs. So salad tongs. Okay, so that is a dactyl. Mm-hmm. Joshua, Jessica, Oliver, salad tongs. Yep. Um, so wife works three quarter time now. She waltzes through her day. Okay. And picks up the boy from school, and then picks up the baby from. A friend of ours who runs a day, who ran a daycare before she quit to have a baby and stay home with the baby. And she's like, you know, you can add your baby for a price that's a third of what baby farms would charge. Is this the friend we went baby? to Disneyland with? No. Okay. She's good for babysitting, but you now this is some kind of random friend of Jess's. So it's not bad. Are you going to have any more kids or are you done? Oh, fuck no. Yeah. They will, no. Well, Fuck, fuck no. Did you get castrated? I plan to. Okay. That's what it, that's what it's called, right? When I, <laughs> yeah. When I go I, in, I was like, <laughs> I'm here to be castrated. Are you sure? Oh, I'm pretty fucking sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that That is what needs to happen. <clears throat> and we, we also just stopped having sex because we're, you know, we no longer have a biological urge. Right, because you've had all the kids that you need? Uh-huh. Okay. It's just, it's like flipping a switch. Good. It's yeah. good to hear. Uh, some people on the some people on the Facebook, uh, there are some inappropriate axes to grind for this venue. I feel like a lot of people just have something to say and they're going to say it fucking whenever. OK, um, let's see. Uh, blah, Brandon Tan says, and I'm sorry, KOL user Boometh asks the podcast team, do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Sometimes you feel like a plastic bag and sometimes you don't. 
I have a bunch of groceries and I need to get them home. I feel like a plastic bag would be just the thing. Mm-hmm. Where do you get your motivation? Writes Josh Hatfield. I don't know. I mean, you're alive. You might as well do stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're alive for a while. That's not certainly not going to go on forever. You want to get some shit done or not? Yeah, you do. That should be on the poster with the mountaintop. Yeah. You're alive or whatever. Do some shit. Socrates. Josh Hatfield says, will you answer every question we post on your podcast? No. What is a podcast? Not going to answer that. Patrick Quinn writes, nifty. Uh, Benjamin Inglis Kaupi says, no, sorry. Blackfire the Unmaker asks, can Jake and Scully get into an hour-long argument about something? Hearing those two yell at each other is what I miss most about those shows. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, uh, Martin Coxedge says, what's blue, smelly, and made of chicken bones? He doesn't... Uh, he doesn't reveal the uh, answer. Poe wrote on both. <laughs> Terenza says, uh, how is life now that the child to adult ratio is one to one? The baby doesn't count yet because she's not mobile. Okay. So she can be put in a location and will stay there. And any any will that she should express can be pretty easily sublimated by jangling something in front of her. So, <laughs> And Ollie... Like, Ollie's not going to, like, jump off the roof or poison himself at this point, right? right? I mean, how old is he? Like, he's six. Six? Okay. He is helpful, actually, <clears throat> and seems to enjoy the the positive attention that he gets from playing with her when she's crying or bringing, you know, supplies when, she, when Jess is breastfeeding or whatever. And only occasionally gets jealous, like, when he does something wrong and gets scolded. He's like, you never yell at Winifred. It's like, well, yeah, she's a baby. You can't just yell at a baby. What kind of monster can. are well, you? He understand. I mean, that's the thing. I would say that she, his, she won't his view is better. Like, yeah, you totally can. Like, what's stopping you? Well, we just keep saying, like, she doesn't have a choice for the the crying that she does. And, you know, like, you have a choice to do what you want to do. So, you know, stop being an asshole and we won't yell at you. Stilling in your kid the illusion Good of free talk. will. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you have to, or they just lie down in a ditch and watch the world go by. What kind of stuff does he do wrong? Oh, just, you know, if you ask him to clean up the Legos on his floor, that's... And then you and then you go down there and step on a fucking Lego again. Yeah, and then you black out for a little bit. <laughs> no, it is more just like, hey, can you help me with these chores? And he's like, nah, why should I have to do that? My friend Henry has a maid that comes to his house. It's like, yeah, but Henry's dad is an alcoholic. Do you want me to be an alcoholic? Is that what you're saying? Because I have a beer right here, and it's nine in the morning, and I will fucking drink it right now. <laughs> so it's, it just comes really down to good parenting, parenting advice. <laughs> Aromia Fleiss says, I'm going to play your podcast on Wednesday during my show. Hey, we'll be back on Radio KOL. Hey, everybody hey. out there in Radio KOL. I'm continually surprised that you still exist. <laughs> I guess uh, Primavera Angel Hair came back and started DJing. Mm-hmm. And I see uh, Wombatalim posts her playlist anytime she does it. So if you were on Facebook, you would know that uh, that's, things happen. That's probably true. I uh, What can you know if you're not on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't know anything about anybody. That's for sure. You can't know when the parties are or where. I couldn't know that last night with all of my, <laughs> my machinations. I think there just weren't any parties. That's depressing. Yeah. I feel like when we go to the to the brunch today, someone is going to come up and be like, Man, you should have gone to the, the fourth house. Everyone was there. and It was amazing. And you weren't. Mr. Real Rager. Uh, there have been a lot of great crimbos in the past. What is your top two crimbos and why? Do you remember all the crimbos? My favorite is still the Borg one. with the 12 days of, of crimbo because I think that came together really beautifully art wise and mechanic wise. Yeah, it was a neat marriage of narrative and, and mechanic. Mm hmm. What's the other? And I I just liked the Crimbo through line that we established with that one, which the neckbeard said was retconning. Like, no, man, it's just conning. I uh, <clears throat> I enjoyed making the candy one. That one was fun to design content that built itself over a while. Yeah, the diorama was really neat. That is another one of my favorites. Um, I mean, Crimboween, what, like, just that first coincidence, like, the establishment of that holiday coincidence mm-hmm. theme was fun. I don't actually remember all that much about Crimboween. I remember the Banshee lady, Linnea. Yeah. Uh, but I don't remember much about the story. Like, what were the... 
Oh, that was like the the cookie baking monster from beyond space and the gift wrapping creature from the black lagoon. And there was also, yeah, there There was also the time travel past, present and future with that one, because you were, you were finding all of the things that you needed to bring Crimbo back. Oh, okay. So that, yeah, that one ended up good because we had the, like the cave Uh, cave version of the elves and then the, and then the monsters. And then in the, what were the future ones? Yeah. I wish that you wouldn't ask that. <laughs> Check the wiki, kids. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mar- Marley's ghost. Yeah, we brought Marley's ghost in. I, I, I'd be wearing the chains me forged in life, Mom. And tonight you will be visited by tree spirits. <laughs> and then the uh, the Mystery Science Theater ghosts were the present ones, and the future one was uh, Fat Boy Slim, I think, for some reason. <laughs> oh, good. No, because the present one was it was right about now. Okay. Was the time, and so it was Fat Boy Slim, and then the not too distant future was the three ghosts. Okay, Mike okay. Joel and not Mike, Mike Joel, Mike and Joel, <laughs> Bob, Mike Joel. Uh, Jeffrey says, "Good to hear about the reunion. Still loving the game after a decade." My question is, how many pineapple rings can you guys eat in one sitting? I don't think I've ever tried to eat more than a can of them, and I'm not even sure that <laughs> happened. I keep. I love eating pineapple, but then immediately afterwards, everything tastes weird for a, at least a day. Huh. Because it's the only one of the only foods that eats you back. It has its, it, the enzymes in it can just kind of break down some of the proteins in your mouth. And so, like, everything tastes vaguely like latexy or plasticky afterwards. Maybe I'm just eating condoms after pineapples every time, but. Huh. Well, I eat the pineapple so that my semen will taste good, and then I eat the <laughs> the condom so that she will have no choice but to taste my semen. Gross. <laughs> that's logic. Okay. That's just how I arrived at... That's the destination I arrived at. <laughs> Mr. Fluffenstuff writes... I don't really want to read this question. I was listening to an old radio show, and it is indirectly implied in the Matrix trilogy that taking the red pill merely puts you in a different level of the Matrix. Why do the machines flush people who took the red pill rather than recycle them to keep the other humans alive? From there, you could possibly conclude either Trinity and Neo are themselves programs designed to give humans uh, that reject the Matrix hope that they can leave, or the disenchanted Neo is a human that is given this Messiah story in order to satisfy him so he doesn't reject the Matrix and die like people in previous iterations of the Matrix did. Boy, could I not give less of a shit about the cosmology <laughs> of the Matrix. How do you feel? I think that they were very good at <clears throat> making a story that seemed <clears throat> more open than it was. <clears throat> and like leaving some leaving some inexplicable things in there to encourage people to think about it. I kind of dig the the whole nobody was ever out of the Matrix theory. Kind of because unlike the rest of the world, I liked the two movies after the first one. But I mean, if what every movie the Wachowskis have put out since then has taught us anything, it's that they're maybe not that good at making movies. I don't think I've seen any el- any else thing they make. Any else thing they make. They, uh, Speed Racer is okay. the one that people talk about with like some degree of fondness, but Jesus Christ, is it awful? <laughs> Huh. Did you have any affinity for the original property? I mean, not enough to that I would watch it just because it was that. I watched it because it was them. And then it's, it's, it's fucking bizarre. Cloud Atlas was actually pretty good. It was a decent adaptation of a really good book. But then Jupiter Ascending was every every gross indulgence you can imagine for two and a half hours. It was like... Starring Channing Tatum as a dog-faced soldier from the future where people's DNA is the source of their wealth and they seed it across planets of their people. I don't know. It's the kind of sci-fi where it takes people explaining things in 20-minute chunks just to get across the basic premise of the thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it was the Chronicles of Riddick of movies <laughs> okay <laughs> it was not the citizen kane of movies have you seen uh have you seen any movies that you liked a lot recently <laughs> you watch any television you get you seen seen anything that changed your world or is nothing going to change your world nothing's going to change my clothes because i've just changed them and they're the last set of clean clothes that i have okay wow so i better <laughs> I hope you don't shit your shirt <laughs> your, <laughs> your shirt. beautiful 
I was surprised by Parks and Recreation, actually. And we just finished the, that whole run. Have you seen that? I've seen the first like three or four seasons. Mm-hmm. I kind of wandered off from it and never wandered back. The last season is just like 12 episodes of really agreeable fan service, I guess. But like with the skill that those writers have, but applying it to what does everybody really want to see? Mm. So uh, <clears throat> I never really liked Amy Poehler before Parks and Rec, but yeah. it made me really like her a lot. Well, I kind of thought when I started watching it, that the, the point of the show would be more like The Office, where like she's enthusiastic and clueless and thinks she's great. And this will be all about how she just fails spectacularly. Yeah. And it ends up being just a a real sweetheart of a show where everybody is nice to each other, but it still manages to be funny. Right. I mean, every to everyone, but Jerry, Gary, Barry, Terry, mm-hmm. but then they pulled that back in at the end and then managed something, some really poignant shit with him. Oh, good. It's fantastic. So parks and rec. We finished the last season of orange is the new black. What did you think of the new season? <clears throat> I, uh, it wasn't as contained as the second season but i wasn't a huge fan of just the like single villain arc where she gets hit by a bus at the end Mm -hmm. so like spoilers yeah that's right that's how we roll well i liked how they just kind of opened it up and are just telling all kinds of stories and some of them are stupid like the panty selling story yeah but then at least it's not central like, so I guess nothing is central, so it's right. okay for any individual element of it to be stupid. Yeah. Like I liked, I kind of liked the like paranoia subplot with, with, uh, who I did not, re- I did not realize that Lolly was played by now the woman whose name I can't think Lori of. Lori Petty. Yeah. Lori Petty, who was mm-hmm. tank girl and, and, uh, the sort of best character in a league of their own. Yeah. Um, the, the moment you hear that voice, they're like, wait a minute. Is that underneath all of the, wrinkles and makeup i just didn't i did not recognize her mm-hmm. until like i was like imdb is what taught me that huh. um but yeah like and the 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 like kosher meals subplot i thought was great yeah um but then the ending it was like man why why are we having this like return of the king style 45 minute frolic when <laughs> you know that some ominous shit is going to happen in the last 15 seconds and just wreck all this like it makes it all the sweeter. Yeah, sure. I think the uh, the AV Club's argument was, like, this seems indulgent, and it seems like they're just giving these characters a chance to have everything they want, but the point is that they don't have anything that they want, and as soon as they get back to the prison, they're going to find out that their indulgence cost them just knowing that the population was about to double. Maybe I'll just add a, a new character for every character in the show in the next season. There like can be even more, even dumber, even less important subplots. A negative, like a negative of each character, like a white Cindy for black Cindy. I liked the idea of a green for red. <laughs> then they could just <laughs> fix things with duct tape and tell a lot of homespun Canadian jokes. Yep. <laughs> uh I liked the idea of the plot with crazy eyes writing the weird sci-fi stuff, but I hated that they kept talking about specifics and that they were so bad. Uh, like that just made it completely unbelievable. And yeah. I guess maybe not. I mean, maybe that is how people would love, you know, I mean, clearly people react to shit like twilight and 50 shades of gray, like whatever. It doesn't have to be any good, but even it's not that stupid. They're like triple cocked. Time traveling, whatever. Caputo's plot was really interesting. Though. I really, really wish that they hadn't made him so gross in the first couple episodes because mm. I really like his character and I don't want him to be that guy who's just constantly jacking off at work. <laughs> like, and it's weird. They like leaned into it. it well, I like, think that was, you know, slowly revealing depth of character over time. <laughs> It was weird at the in that last episode, just seeing those little minor characters and going, "Oh yeah, so what was she in for? Oh, she did that whole she had that whole subplot with Santeria and whatever." And it's like, goddamn, almost every single person we know at least something about their past, either in like a heavy-handed way or in just a this is a weird thing that happened to this person way. 
don't know. I like. You never know whether uh, they're going to like flash back more than once. It's mm-hmm. weird how sometimes they just don't resolve. Anyway, welcome to our Orange is the New Black fan <laughs> yeah. podcast. Where I honestly don't. I would have a hard time deciding to watch another season after this last one. Like that yeah. that's how little I like it just seems like, well, this had the amount of ideas that were in the book mm-hmm. and then it kind of like, oh, uh, okay. There will we be need plenty to of other things show. to watch, you know. Netflix is doing twelve more episodes of Black Mirror, which fuck yeah. I haven't seen any of those. Oh, you should do that. Would that's, I like them? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Did you watch uh you liked Wet Hot American Summer, right? Yeah, and we watched the first two episodes of that, and we're like, either we're not getting this because we need to watch What Hot American Summer again, or this is just too strange <laughs> for me because I, I ended up not going back to it. Hmm. I watched, I, it was, there were only like eight of them. I ended up watching yeah. all of them, and I, I, I thought it was just like more, you know, it was like four more hours of that movie. I dug the whole like, we're doing a prequel 15 years later and just dressing everyone in the same clothes, regardless of. It is weird how similar everybody except Michael Showalker, Showalter, Michael Showalker. <laughs> That's why he's, he's the Showalker. That's his Star Wars, t- Star Wars name. Uh, like Paul Rudd just doesn't age. Mm-hmm. It's magic. But the rest of the people look pretty good too. Yeah. I like think Elizabeth Banks, Amy Poehler. And then it was the Michael Showalter is, you know, as all of us normal people do just kind of got thick set and rounder as this time just went by. weirdly jowly yeah mm-hmm. weirdly jowly is actually my star wars name no uh it's not it's not a double dactyl though no it's star wars names just need to be stupid okay <laughs> are there any star wars names that are I was no. thinking of specifically I mean, of piggledy uh, piggledy lando calrissian <laughs> what is uh is it, Jetster Dexter or like Jackster Daxter. Or oh whatever. yeah, yeah. The the three four arm guy. The short order cook. The eight armed guy. All right. <clears throat> They're not even trying with the Sith anymore. It's just like you know Darth. There was like I can't remember a single example beyond the ones that were in the prequels. But once you had like Darth Sidious and Darth Nefarious and General Grievous, and I was just like you know total asshole. Child murderer, Darth. <laughs> okay, thanks. There's, Darth there's a, fuckhead. It's just, yeah. There was a meeting where some video game company that was making a Star Wars game was asking if they could add another Darth to mm-hmm. the mythology. And George Lucas in the meeting said, yeah, you can name him Darth Insanius. <laughs> and nobody could tell whether he was kidding or not. So they ended up just not doing it. Well, yeah. they got away with the Jedi named Bator. Oh yeah, God yeah. The, damn it! And they the the interview with the guys was like, yeah. So they were like, of course we're doing the Star Wars thing, and we're twelve years old inside. So <clears throat> we named the guy Bator, thinking that when it hit publication, that you know when it hit the last review, they were like very funny guys, and they didn't. So then the next episode, we're like, well, we're talking, we're having people talk to him now. You call <laughs> Jedi's master, so that it is just like. What should we do now, Master Bator? <laughs> was that like in the Clone Wars? It was in one of the comic books. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were just like, of course we won't get away with this, but it'll be funny internally. Right. And like, shit, now it's canon. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, are you excited about Force Awakens or are you, uh, are you burned out? I'm, I mean, I'm <sighs> gonna, I'm gonna go see it and I hope it's good. Yeah. That's, that's my feeling. I am pleased that the, the head guy is uh, Moses from Attack the Block. Because that movie is amazing, and that dude needs to do more stuff. I have never seen that movie. Is that is that an actor? Yeah the uh, the first guy that you see in the trailer, the black guy in the oh, stormtrooper storm armor. Trooper. Yeah, okay. You should see Attack the Block. Okay, it's like kids in a housing project in London versus alien oh, invasion. Alien invasion. Yeah, Roy has told me that that's really good, and that I should see it. Is it on the Netflix? I think it is. Okay. It's one of the highest rated uh, films on the Horror Show Hot Dog podcast, children, which uh, you can find at horrorshowhotdog.com. Oh. Catching. Along with all of the other Hot Dog Net podcasts at hotdognet.com. Hotdognet.com. <laughs> yeah, I would have directed them to that, but I have no idea how that thing works. Um, well, we're out of questions. It's been an hour. 
And we should go watch our friends Pokey and Disco Doris get married. That's the truth. Bye, Boozer Bear. Bye, Boozer Bear. <laughs> Is that <laughs> how we sign off? I don't remember how these <laughs> shows used to children end. everywhere. <laughs> My uh, my harsh hot dog sign off is I've been Josh this entire time and I'm just gonna say bye. So uh, we'll call it that. It was it was good sitting down and uh, chatting with you yeah. specifically. And it was nice to, seeing you this weekend. Thanks for coming out to the listeners indirectly. And thanks for an awesome con, guys. <laughs>